0: Everybody. Uh, How exciting you guys are. Savior lives. He is risen. Oh, that's so exciting. Guys, you look so beautiful and so handsome. We're so I see you're welcome, especially you, Pastor (laughs) Death. She's trying to get on his good side. (laughs) Actually, can I borrow this for a second? All right. Well, I just have a couple I'm stealing this. Sorry couple announcements. (laughs) Um, For those of you I see a lot of new faces and I just want to say on behalf of Big Bear Christian Center, we are so very excited to see you guys here this morning and um, are so blessed by you. And if this is your first time here, we have these beautiful packets, these welcome packets here. If you haven't gotten one of these, Denny, if you could come down and if you want one of these right now, she's going to be passing these out so you can just slip your hand up that way I can also see those beautiful new faces. <laughs> and inside here is a visitor's card as well. It says, thank you for joining us. And if you could fill these out and then drop them in the boxes in the back where it says tithes and offerings, this is just a way that we can connect with you guys. We want to, um, you know, if you, if you aren't connected with a church body, we would love to um, get connected with you and um, grow in your relationship with the Lord and love to see your faces every sunday so um, in addition to that most of you guys should have gotten one of these it is our bulletin so beautiful thank you david rogers for doing those um, in the bulletin there's going to be lots of information on the back side there's different small groups um life groups that you guys can attend and we'd love to have you to way another way to get connected even on a smaller setting it's a little more intimate Can we kind of creepy? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But it's a good way to get connected with the fellow believers. Um, In addition to that, be looking in the bulletin in the next couple weeks, we're gonna have some new classes that are starting soon. Um, We're gonna have a new believers class that's starting in addition to some others that will be starting on Sunday mornings. Um, Then my last announcement is the youth group, which is Illuminate youth group. We are going to what's called Planet Wisdom, which this is a youth conference for the youth group. To go and just grow and get stronger in the Lord. There's worship. There's amazing messages and skits by the skit guys, and it's just a lot of fun. But um, the youth needs to raise some money to do this, so we are doing a spaghetti dinner. And regardless of what was said last week, we will not be <laughs> we will not be replating food. That is disgusting. <laughs> Come have spaghetti, fresh spaghetti. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. (laughs) No, but seriously, you guys, um, April 8th, which is a Friday night, that's at 6.30 on Friday night, April 8th, we are going to be doing this fundraiser. Come, it's $10. I know that might seem a lot for spaghetti, but remember that you are supporting the youth, and this is a way for them to go to Planet Wisdom. In addition to that, it raises money just for the youth in general to continue to do activities throughout the year. Um, We are going to have some uh, opportunity drawings where you can win prizes while you're there. Might have a couple skits by yours truly maybe some live music it's going to be a blast so (laughs) i'm going to be selling tickets after service in the hallway there and again it's ten dollars for the for the fundraiser if you can't make it to the fundraiser but you like to cook we would love it if you'd like to donate um, maybe some sauces or salad or garlic bread Um, those are some of the things that we're in need of to help cook for that so you could also connect with me in the back afterwards for that as well. So that is all our announcements for today. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for being here. (laughs) I've never done this.
1: (laughs) I'm truly blessed with the privilege of singing with these kids. These range from age three and a half up through 12. They will be singing two songs for the Lord on this Easter. The first song, Armor of God, is derived from Ephesians and it's in chapter 6 and it's interesting to read because they're going to depict this chapter for you armor of god put the armor of god that may be able to turn away the 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 things that the devil does the children will demonstrate to you about the armor of god the they will sing about the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness the shoes represent the gospel of peace, a shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. The children are singing to our God, and I think the second song doesn't need to be explained. I think you will love it. Get out your Kleenex. <laughs> okay, so may I present the children, God's children.
2: Amen.
3: Amen! Wow. Well, thank you to Bonnie Smets, who's been who's been working with the kids for so long. Give her a hand. Working with kids is very special. We require tetanus shots and (laughs) rabies vaccination, the whole shot. Amen. And and any other kids, you can be dismissed. Um, If some of the adults want candy, I guess you can be dismissed too. They're going to go next door and they're going to have an Easter story hunt. And they're going to get some some great teaching this morning. Of course, we're going to load your kids up with lots of sugar and send them home. So. And, and some of you, well hopefully all of you checked your kids in this morning, um, your, your kids got one of these, so they don't know my son's name anymore, Samuel, um, but but you got your your ticket, so after service make sure you go in and pick up your kids and uh, take them home with you. Last week we found three in the lost and found, amen, <laughs> hey, hey we're going uh, to receive an offering here in just a moment if the ushers would get ready and and, you know, each week um, here at Christian Center and most churches, we take a, a minute or two out of, our, out of the time to receive an offering. And I thought actually it would be important for us to just kind of understand why we do this. Now, th- there's, there's a lot of reasons, but there's three I want to talk about this morning of why we take a few minutes each and every week to receive an offering. The first one is that throughout the Bible, people honored God with their possessions. Going all the way back to Genesis, people would bring things that were of value or worth to God and present them as a gift to Him, and so you know that's the, one of the reasons we give is to give God credit, to give Him um, His His due and credit to be the provider of everything that we have. And so, and our tendency, I think, is to believe that because we work so hard and we earn our money that, that it all belongs to us. But in, in reality, we do this to help understand ourselves and to show God that though it's us who's doing the work, that it's God who we're giving the credit. Because as uh, James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. Second reason we, we want to give, take time each week to do this, is because giving actually changes our hearts. As we give, it, it opens up our hearts. Um, our mission here in the church is to make disciples, and that's the reason that it's our, our mission is because that's what Jesus said. Go into all the world and make disciples. So I don't think anything puts us in a better position more than loosening our grip on the stuff that's valuable to us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That, that's just hard. Some of you, you know, think, you know, you know, can I borrow your car? Can I borrow your boat? Can we stay in your house for a week? And we think, ooh, am I really ready to do that? As we open up our, our grasp on these things, um, we're really showing the Lord that we want to be His disciples. We're also showing that we're making space for God. And finally, um, giving fuels the church. Giving fuels the church. We have a, a desire to reach the lost, to disciple the, sa- uh, the saved. Um, in the side of the book of Acts we find that the believers brought everything they had and they shared everything that they had in common and and they took care of the needs. Now, interesting enough, where the offering kind of changed was in the 1800s. Um, Here in the United States, before the 1800s, it was actually the government supported the churches. And state after state began to change laws and saying the states aren't going to support the church anymore. And so as they did that, this, the churches actually began to having to fund the work, their own work. And so we've been doing this. And what we're doing is, is more than just having a building. We're desiring to build lives and create disciples. And so we want to take a chance each, each week to give us the opportunity to open up our hearts, to give God credit, to change our hearts to Him. And we have a big vision to reach this valley. And I mean, we have a small church here. And it's great to see it you know, so full this morning. But I believe God can use a small church in this valley to make a difference in people's lives. And I pray, and I, I, I know that many of you have already been touched by by the ministry that happens because of of this body, this body. We've been here for 50 years through your life group, through the teaching, the preaching, discipleship, and we're we're continuing to reach kids. So that's what we want to do. So as we give this morning, we're not just supporting a building. We're not just paying rent. We are sowing into God's kingdom. We're opening up our grips saying, God, I want to give to you the first fruits. And so I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to pray. And as you saw on the screen, um, we also, you can give online. You can give, if you didn't come prepared, you can actually pull out your Smartphone and and give that way. It's amazing. Um, it's pretty cool. But uh, let's pray, Father. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you with what you've given us, what you've allowed us to uh, work for. God, we want to give you uh, our first fruits, that which is that you blessed us with. Pray, that you bless this offering. And God, as we pray each and every week, God, we pray that you would bless the work and that your kingdom would come and be established here in this place. And that's a real prayer, God establish your kingdom let lives be changed because of what you're calling us to do and to be here in big bear and throughout the world in jesus name amen thank amen thank you thank you um and and with that i want to give a, a greeting from uh some of our missionaries uh, mark johnson uh sent a special greeting this week i got, had the opportunity to speak with him mark and Janie johnson forerunner mystery some of the missionaries we speak if you remember mark had heart surgery back in november and he is healing well, he's, he's uh, in fact, his, his goal, the doctor always gives him goals, and if you know Mark, you, this will relate to you, his goal is to come to San Clemente and go boogie boarding this summer, and so, you know, and he's, he's working on his way, he's walking, he's, he's getting healthy, and so um, keep being in prayer, he's, uh, he's been doing his guitar classes again, and God is doing a lot of things, so greetings from, from them, and I think that's it, Amen. Woo Well, it is great to see all your smiling faces. It's good to see some of the grumpy ones too.
2: Thank
3: you. <laughs> you know, if you're visiting today, you're gonna to say, "What kind of church is? We're a church. that's real. We're we're just a whole bunch of real people. We love the Lord, and um, and uh, you know, just we just have a good time because I think you know." God created humor. God created us in all the craziness that we are. Um, before we go, I've got a video I want to show that's going to kick off our message. If we can get these lights off here, and let's watch a video. He is risen. Well trained. You know, that's one of the greetings we do on Easter. Is we yell, He is risen, and the congregation answers, He is risen. Indeed, let's try it again. He is risen. It's a way that we can understand and and help one another to say that we serve a risen Savior, a God who wasn't confined to the grave. Today is the day that, that puts us separate and different from all the other religions because, you know, Buddha and Muhammad and all the other, whether they were good philosophers or not, their leaders All died, and you can find their graves. But Jesus Christ died, and he rose from that grave. And let's just be real honest here, because there's a lot of skepticism out there. If they could have proved that Jesus didn't raise from the grave, don't you think they would have done it? Christianity didn't start last year about something that happened 2,000 years ago. Christianity has been growing since the time that Jesus walked this earth. If it would have been possible for them to prove that it didn't happen, there would be no Christianity. Right. Let's let that sink in. See, we're not serving just a philosopher, we're serving a risen God, and we just saw that video, I thought it was really w- well done, very simple, but He is alive, He was placed in the tomb, and and most of us know the story. If not, we'll we'll go over it a little bit today. But he was placed in a tomb after he was taken down from the cross, and they talked. Early they talked about it, the sunrise service. But to make sure that Jesus was dead, they pierced his side with a spear and and not to be too too gory but it said that as they pierced it blood and water flowed out well they say that it was a mixture of both blood and water because the, the the blood actually began to separate from the plasma and and as he was dying there the the liquid that came out showed that he was dead and they probably perforated his heart after they did that they put him in a tomb they wrapped him in the burial cloths and, the, and, and they left him there three days later he rose from the dead rose from the dead he's risen he was placed in the tomb but he is not there any longer he conquered death he rose from the grave amen Amen. Amen. you know the cross couldn't kill him it wasn't enough the grave couldn't contain him nearly 2,000 years ago and I'm thinking about this timing I you know we are we are we are really coming up on the 2,000 year of his resurrection Jesus rose from the dead you know, I don't know about you, I had a problem this morning rising from bed at 4.45 to get to the sunrise service. And, and, and looking around, most of you did too, because a lot of you weren't there. You know, you're lucky to be here at 9.30. You, you, would, be, you would maybe be surprised how many people said, Pastor, could you start the service at 10 or 10.30? 9.30 is a little early for me. We have a problem getting out of bed to be at church. Jesus rose from the dead. So if we're going to compare our works to his right there, we we don't measure up very well to this man, the Son of God. And so Jesus... Now listen, this morning I am declaring something. Jesus is alive. That should really get us excited. Jesus is alive. We're not serving a philosophy. We're not serving a dead man. we're We're not serving a fat guy from the Middle East. You just have to listen to a fat guy from Big Bear. <laughs> He's alive. He is risen from the dead. And this needs to begin to just really excite. And what's really, one of the things that's awesome about that too, it's not just over in Big Bear. And today, it'd be so wonderful to drive through town and to stop in the parking lots of the churches. They are full today. Today, our parking lot is, you know, you probably had to park on the dirt this morning. I apologize for that. Maybe someday we'll have, you know, pavement out there. But the churches are full all over this valley, but not just all over this valley, all over this state, not just all over the state, all over the United States, not over just this nation, throughout the world on Resurrection Sunday, people gather and celebrate this risen Christ. And you are part of that assembly. This morning we had a great time celebrating. Say that song, Oh Happy Day.
2: Oh happy day, happy day,
3: you washed my sin away. Because, see, I'm going to start it off. <laughs> go for it. Yeah, go for it. This is a happy day. Why? Because Jesus did wash our sins away. And, and the only reason he could do that was because he paid the price. Now, I'm, I, I don't have a long time to go, but I'm going to really quickly, from the very beginning in the Bible when you read it, there was a, a precedent that was set that somebody had to pay for our sin. And even in your life and in your heart and your mind, we all know that when somebody does something wrong, they have to pay. It's ingrained in us. You know, I mean, someone hurts us, they've got to pay for that. Somebody breaks the law, they've got to pay for that. In the very beginning, when God created everything, He created Adam and Eve. And we know that, that you know, Eve took the apple, he gave it, she gave it to, to um, Adam, and they both ate of it. They sinned. The very next scene we see is that they're hiding from God, aware of their sin. That says they were ashamed. They were ashamed. So they were hiding, and God was looking for them. He knew where they were at. You know, it's like. You know, well, God was looking for me. Well, no, he was, he was making an announcement saying, I know what's happened. And he says, where were you? To Adam, he says, we were ashamed and we, we hid. He says, well, what happened? And he knew. Well, I, 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 she did it. <laughs> She's the one. And what if she goes? He did it. But, you know, they said that they had tried to clothe themselves. They had tried to hide. And it says that God took animal skins, Genesis. He just took animal skins and he covered their nakedness. Well, if you took an animal skin, that means an animal had to die. See, the first shedding of blood was in Genesis. Throughout the Bible, we see that they, had to, they killed lambs. They killed uh, offerings to cover up our sin to, to, because somebody had to pay for our, our sin. And every year they would come and they would confess their sins and they would, they would put the sins on, on the sacrificial lambs and those, they would kill them by the thousands for our sins and they would carry the sin over to the next year until finally Jesus came. See, Jesus was the perfect lamb. He was without sin, the Bible says. I mean, I think I was without sin before I woke up this morning and then I woke up and then immediately I started sinning. Right? I mean, that's just us. We open our eyes Jesus lived a life without sin. And so he was the only one who could pay for your and my sin. That's what he did. And that's what we celebrate today is that not only did he die for our sins, he rose again showing that we too will rise again and can have eternal life. That song that we sang, I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more shame. The voice of the angels, one day, Man, you know, maybe maybe it could be inside and one day we're just going to take off and blow through the ceiling and go meet Jesus in the air. And all that shame and all that guilt and all that sorrow and all that brokenness that we feel all of the time will finally be fully erased because of what Jesus did for us. All over the world, Today, people are celebrating the resurrection of Christ. In fact, you know why we, uh, we attend church on Sunday? It's not because Sunday is the Sabbath. See, some people think, oh, well, we go to church on Sunday, it's the Sabbath. Yes, if you know anyone who's Jewish, you know this. Yesterday was a Sabbath. Saturday. Saturday in fact, anyone who speaks Spanish knows that Saturday is Sabado, Sabbath. So why do we get together on, church, on Sunday? Today's the first day of the week. And that, should, that, that would be wonderful we could begin to change our thinking. You know, Monday's that first day of the week. Oh, Monday. What if we, see, we start the first day of the week, we should be celebrating, and we do. But let me read out of Luke chapter 24. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, and that's why we have a sunrise service, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. He is risen indeed. (laughs) Very early in the morning they went. They went to go finish the job. They were going to bury him. He wasn't there because he rose from the dead. That should give us hope and excitement for our lives because he has risen. So we have worship services on Sunday because it's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. We celebrate that every Sunday when we come together very early on the first day of the week. And I think that's enough to celebrate. Is that enough to celebrate? You know, there's been this question for for probably centuries. If all Jesus did for you was die for your sins, would it have been enough? I think that would have been enough. But you know, that's not all He does. He gives us life. He gives us life abundantly. He comes, He gives us peace. He walks with us through through the tough times. But we, this morning, we serve a risen Savior. I was thinking... Remembering the hymn, and I didn't grow up on hymns. Um, you know, I, for a short time when I was about eight years old, I, I went to church. Other than that, I was you know, pretty unchurched until I came to faith at, at about 15 years old and, and, and really just knew the contemporary. But I've, I've learned the hymns over the years, and you might remember this. and Sing along with me. I forgot to put the words up there, but if you know the words. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, no ever men may say. I see the hand of mercy, I hear the voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along the narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart risen Savior. He's in the world today. You ask me how I know He lives? Because He lives within my heart. So you can question so many other things, but you can't question that God has been real to me. So you can say, well, I don't know about the Bible. It was written by people, and it's all this, all this, all this. Well, how do you explain what God did in my life? See, there's no question. I know. I know because we didn't. The next verse says this. We won't sing. It says, Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice, and sing eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find none other is so loving, so good, and so kind. That's a good Easter message. That's the Easter message. There is no other. He's so good. He's so kind and we get to rejoice. We lift up our voice and sing. And in this church, we love to worship God. It's not just a music time. It's a time that we can individually lift our voices and sing and celebrate what God has done. And, and as Pastor Jeff has, has said, and, and now I just continue to say it in the past, you, you know, when we sing and worship God, if you have a good voice, it's your time to bless God with your voice. And if you've got a bad voice, it's your time to get even with God for giving you a bad voice. <laughs> Whatever it is, lift your voice and sing to Him. You know, it's, it's not about, uh, this isn't American Idol or, you know, Big Bear Idol or Christian Idol. This is, let's sing to the Lord. The Bible actually gives us permission. It says, make a joyful noise. So Mike, feel free. Just kidding. <laughs> You know that, thats what some of this is like. In fact, and, and we, we know that one of the reasons we, we, we have the music, you know, not too soft, is because I know that some of you will not sing if you can hear your own voice. <laughs> Heck, if if I hear your voice, I might stop singing. <laughs> But it's okay because we're just going to rejoice and praise God because He is risen and He's in the world today. That's the message this morning. That's the message I need to hear every day, and I imagine you need to hear it as well. In fact, we hear all kinds of messages every day. Too many messages. And most of the messages we hear aren't positive. Some are discouraging. Some are frightening. Some are downright shaming. And I want to declare a message, another message this morning. The first one, of course, is that he is risen. But here's the second one. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. Now let's reverse that and tell your neighbor, Jesus loves me and Jesus even loves you. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that. He's good. Jesus loves me and Jesus even loves you. (laughs) Some of you are going, you know, man, Jesus really even loves me? Yes. He does. And that's the message this morning I want to... You know, Jeremiah chapter 31 says this, He loves us with an everlasting love and He draws us with loving kindness. In fact, Long before <coughs> 1978, when Billy Joel wrote this. He loved you just the way you are. You know, Billy Joel may thinks he made that famous. <laughs> Jesus has been singing that forever. Evan, I love you just the way you are. Ponytail and all. He loves you. He loves me. And God only knows why He does. But He actually told us. He he loves because He knit us together. He made us. He formed us. He had relationship with us. He saw our days. He knows how many hairs on your head. That's not hard to do for some of you in this room. I'll try not to look over at Pat or Tom. (laughs) You know, but He He knows. He knows. He knows you so intimately. Yes, he saw that too. Some of you going, how intimate. Uh Uh-huh, he saw that one. And he loves you anyways. You know last week when you were screaming obscenities? He says, I love you. He heard it. Hopefully your neighbor didn't. There's a lot of Messages like I talked about a minute ago and there's a lot of talk today and and there's always probably been a lot of talk, but I, I tell you it seems like there's a lot more talk than there used to be. We have talk shows and we have talk radio and we have the talking heads and everyone's talking. You know, everyone is talking, 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 they're posting and they're I mean we, we're constantly barraged with messages and talk. But you know what the problem is? Is very few of them are saying anything. It's a lot of talk and no substance.
2: There's
3: a lot of talk about Christianity happening in the United States. There's a lot of talk about religion, but Christianity, people love to pick on Christians and, and what we think and about God and what, you know, and, and it's, it's just, it's inundating us. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really close to just turning off my Facebook completely. You know, I, I, I like to connect with you guys i like to see what's going on. I'd like to see the things and pray for, pray for you and rejoice with you. But there's so much stuff and garbage that, that people are saying. And, and I really want to encourage, we need to really guard our hearts and our mind. Because people have it wrong about God and Christianity. But I can't blame them too much for having it wrong because probably they've gotten their information from inaccurate sources. Now, uh, I want to show you some inaccurate sources up here real quick. We've got a little PowerPoint thing going on. So let's, let's see if that's going to work. Is it there? Yes. Awesome. So let's see. Saddam and Osama adopt a shaved ape baby. So we, it's on the newspaper, so it's got to be true. Let's go to the next one. Man's 174 mile an hour sneeze blows his wife's hair off. <laughs> Go to the next one. This is great. News reporter eaten alive by an 80-foot dinosaur. We know that these are true because they're at the checkout stand. <laughs> Who's ever been to Florida? Raise your hand. You ever seen one of these? Go to the next one. Oh. Did we freeze? Half human, half fish are washing up in Florida. See the legs and the fish head?
2: <laughs>
3: you know, I forgot to read some of the sub things, so there could be something up there It could be bad. This, you know, for all of us, anyone who likes history, this next one is devastating. <sighs> Let's look at it. Abraham Lincoln was a woman. <laughs> an ugly one at that. Last one. Alien Bible found, they worship Oprah. You know those lost chapters of the Bible? Oprah's in it. And the aliens are worshiping Oprah. There's a lot of misinformation out there. These are the funny ones now, hopefully you can go ahead and turn that off hopefully we 're not duped into these things but even even this week, I was informed that I have ten million dollars waiting for me in Africa. you know I was I was informed of a lot of things, and, and most of these we, we sift through and we laugh and we joke and. And, and I'm the, I am the guy who, if, when I get the email about something that sounds maybe in, a, a little unbelievable or even maybe possible, I actually go and confirm whether it's true. So if you ever get an, an email back from me, I'm not trying to be a jerk. But, but when I find that a story is untrue, I, I just like to correct it. Right. You know, I just like to correct it. And, because we need to understand the truth. And see, we're hearing too many things out there. Things about Christianity, things about God, and it's making us question our faith. We don't even know that we're doing this. There's false ideas, teaching, and sentiments out there about about God and Christianity. Some of them are cute, some are cliche, but unfortunately, some of them are actually diabolical. And I use that word purposefully because the devil wants us to believe things that aren't true. The devil wants us, and he he's not going to come in with the fish the human thing. He's going to come in really subtle and have us believe um, things that are just going to help us to be just a little bit askew but it's going to be enough to challenge our faith down the road now some of these i'm going to read a few some of these are cute some of these are cliche and some of them have really done danger damage to the church you can figure out which ones are which things that are not in the bible are not true but people say cleanliness is next to godliness If you've seen my truck or my office, I am an ungodly man. (laughs) God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not true. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You have to clean up before you can come to Jesus. I'm basically a good person. I don't need religion. We're all God's children. Some of you are going, wait a second, isn't that true? I'll talk about that in a minute, too. Christians aren't supposed to judge. You've heard that. You've heard that this week. It's not true. God wants me to be happy. The church is God's house. First of all, this building is not the church. And God doesn't live here. He does like to come and visit. Whenever you walk in the door. Because you brought him with you. That's right, that's right. He lives in you, not in this building. Mm-hmm. Now some of you grew up in a time that that's sacred. We're going to God's house. You, say, well, you come to my house? Because he lives in my house. God hates, you put in the word. Liars, cheats, homosexuals, democrats. these things aren't true these things aren't true (laughs) God doesn't hate people now the Bible does say he hates sin he loves the person so much that he wants to deliver them from the sin. I want to clear some of that misinformation up this morning. I'm not going to hit them all. I'm just going to hit a few of them. This uh, this one really stood out. We're going to start with this one. God will never give you more than you can handle. Some of you in here maybe have said that, but you went, man, I don't think I can handle this, and, and I'm sinking, and maybe you sunk. Or maybe you know somebody who sunk, saying God's not going to give me more than I can handle. And then they went, well... I sunk, so that means there is no God. It's not true. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. He does give you more than you can handle all the time. But he doesn't give you more than he can handle. In fact, the the, the scripture that people misuse to prove that is is in 1 Corinthians. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. See, people take a, a scripture and they twist it a little bit, Meaning, maybe meaning good things. It says, but when you are tempted, listen, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Right. See, the whole principle of God not giving us more than we can handle is, no, he does. Life is more than we can handle almost every day. But if you walk with him and you give him your problems, he can handle them and you're inside of him. See, if you can't handle life, you need to learn how to give your problems to Jesus. Matthew 11 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants us to take our burdens, cast them upon him. See, he allows things to happen in our life that's much more than we can handle. But if we'll go to him, he'll handle them for us. Do you have to really clean up before coming to Jesus? I hear this all the time. Well, you know, I've just got these things, and when I get a handle on these things, I'll go back to church, and I'll do this. You don't have to clean up to come to Jesus. That makes no sense. Do you have to take a bath in order to take a shower? (laughs) When you come to Christ, He does the work inside of us. Isaiah 118 says, Come now, let us settle the matter. This morning, let this word speak to you. If you're in, the, in, in this room going, I just don't know if I can come to, come to God. I know the things that I'm doing and the things that are my life, and I just don't know if I can come to Him. He says this this morning, Come, let's settle the matter. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Not because you're good, not because you changed, not because you've done something, but because He is good. He paid the price. In fact, First John simply says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Listen, guys, we don't have to clean up. All we have to do is fess up. <laughs> you don't have to clean up, just fess up. God, I did it. I've blown it. I've done so much wrong. It says if you confess your sins, he is faithful. And just not just to forgive you. Did you hear the rest? To purify you, to cleanse you. He does the cleaning. That's amazing. The third one I want to to hit simply is this. God wants me to be happy. Well, it depends on your definition of happy. And it depends on what you think makes you happy. See, depending on your definition of what happiness is and what makes you happy, is, is going to be really whether or not He wants you to be happy. Now, I think God desires has a lot of desires how we'll live, um, but I don't want to. We'll get into in that another week. Like Micah six eight says, He has showed you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you: to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. But I want to point out that, that God's not looking for us to be happy. Here's what He's looking. Exodus chapter 15 says this I am the God that heals you. I'm the God that heals you. Well, some people say, so he, well, I'm, I'm still sick. He wants to make us whole. The word in, in the Hebrew, healing, really means to mend or to make whole. And he's talking more about our spirituality, our brokenness, than our physical sickness, I believe. He wants to make you whole. And, and I look out at a, a room and, and put up a mirror in front of myself, and I look and I see most of us in here are just really broken. In fact, if, you've, if you're married, over the years you've realized how broken you are. It brings out your brokenness. In fact, if you're in a relationship with someone and you keep thinking that they're the broken people, here's news for you. It's you. It's you. It's them too, but it's you. You're broken. I'm broken. And God wants to heal us. God wants to mend us. He wants to make us whole. That's why he came. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says this, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants to make us whole and he wants to save us. He wants us to come to the knowledge of the truth. And a lot of us don't want to walk down that road because the knowledge is scary. But it's not. It's, it's this amazing journey that we're afraid to walk into, but the moment we walk through it with God and we open up the door to that healing process, to Him coming in, the lights finally come on. And it's not as scary as you think from back here. He wants to come into our life and make us whole and to save us. Luke chapter 19 says simply this, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's His goal. And the church is getting it so wrong too often. We're coming with all these programs and all of these things, and God cares about a lot of things, but his first priority is he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to mend the broken heart. He came to mend our lives because we're broken. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, God has united you with Christ. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself, Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. God came to make us whole and to make us holy. And that's incredible. I don't don't feel whole, and I certainly don't feel holy. But it doesn't matter how you feel. God is doing a work and wants to do a work in your life if you'll just let him Do it. We don't have to become holy. I'm going to say that one more time. Let it sink in. You don't have to become holy. When you come to Christ, He makes you holy. The Bible says that He removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He purifies us. He cleanses us. When we respond to him, because he's the one who convicts us of sin. Church, it's not your job to convict your neighbor, your brother, your kids, your parents. It's not your job to convict people of sin. It's Holy Spirit's job. Convicts us of our sin. And you know, we all know what that look feels like when God convicts you of your sin. Some of you in this morning are sitting and feeling a conviction. We respond to him when he does that, or we should respond to him and let him do the work because he wants to make us whole and he wants to make us holy. Church, what an offer. What an offer. This could be a great Groupon.
2: <laughs>
3: he came to seek and to save you. To save me, he didn't have to do it, but he did. He did the work. So we wouldn't have to. And the work that he did wasn't easy. We know the story. We know what he did for us. We know what happened, or at least the story, the account. But do we get it? Some of us have read the Bible and heard it. We heard it in Sunday school. You've heard it in, in, in your in your annual trip to church. In fact, some of you probably go. Don't they ever teach any other message? Yes, we do. Come next week. It'll be a little different. Why I didn't wear a tie today? Because I thought, I don't wear a tie ever. <laughs> what am I going to do, wear a tie once a year? Plus it chokes me because I've got to lose a few pounds. <laughs> You've seen the movie. You've seen The Passion of the Christ or the Son of God, the new He Has Risen movie. We've seen it. I mean, now with digitalization and stuff, we've seen it so graphically on the screen. We know the story, but do we get it? What he really did. He paid the price and he didn't do it just for your neighbor. He did it for you. Right? Say, he did it for me. Say that. He did it for me. Do we get it? You know, Easter, which some of you, if you're offended that we use the word Easter here, I, I really do apologize. Because the word Easter didn't come from, you know, a godly background. But, you know, I don't worship fertility gods. I don't. It's what we call this day. It's Resurrection Sunday. And something about this day for us brings a joy, a, a sense of newness, especially when you have kids. You know, it's, it's, it's really close to the first day of spring every year. It's not, you know, it moves around. If you, if you guys ever, actually, some of you don't know, realize Easter moves every year is that why because some of you are going how come i never can remember when easter is because they they hide it from us (laughs) it's kind of like what we do with the kids we hide the eggs they hide the date from us and every you're like when is it is it march or april But something happens in, in, in Easter time, and it's, it's like a newness. In fact, the colors that we, you know, we'll put on, we'll get the new, you know, kids will get their new dresses and their new shoes and their pastel colors, and it's life. And it, and it just feels like there's something new. And some of you will, will dye your you know, eggs and, and hide stuff around. And there's something just new. It brings joy to us. And we'll go, ah. It's Easter. I mean, hopefully, I, I'm, sure, I mean, I'm sure there's some people probably most of us wake up on Easter, except when we have to go to the sunrise service, and go, "Ah, oh, it's Easter," and you're thinking about you know being together with the kids afterwards, and, and you know all the, the eggs and the, and the plastic green grass. Peeps. What is it with peeps? Jolene. Take a marshmallow which is like all sugar, and dip it in colored sugar. Shape it in the form of a baby bird and eat it. But we love peeps. I hate them. them. Okay, so not everything makes us feel new. Easter comes, why? Because, see... Sometimes, as Christians, we, we get so afraid of the holidays of, of Christmas because Jesus wasn't born on December 25th and, and it's paganized and all these things. And then we go, Easter, the same thing. Some of you are going, really? Yeah, Easter, the day was not a, originally a Christian holiday. We Christianized it. Well, we don't celebrate eating candy, we eat candy. Because we're celebrating. Now you go, does that very godly? I don't know if it's godly, but it's the way we work, right? I mean, when we celebrate, we, we, we eat, we, we buy things, we cook things, we do things with one another, for one another. Why? Because we're celebrating. And on kids' birthdays, we give them, you know, I don't know why we give our kids so much sugar, but we do. But it's really a way of celebrating, can we just see it this way a little bit and say, we're not, we're not celebrating the Easter, but we're not celebrating the candy. We should be celebrating the risen Savior. And how you do that is up to you. This time is about celebrating what Jesus did and wants to do today. And next week and the week after. He doesn't only want to do something in your life today. He wants to do it all year. He wants to bring new life, new life in Him. And I'm not just talking about salvation. I'm talking about newness of life that can be found, even if you've been saved for 20 years, but you're you're at a place that you know God wants to do some more things in your life. He wants to bring a newness and a freshness to your walk with Him. He wants to bring you new life if you've never accepted Him as your Savior. That's what He's doing no matter where you're at. you know, I was thinking about GPSs, and so many of us have them now, We're right on our phones. I remember when it was just like the tom-tom. You know, did not anyone have a tom-tom? Yeah, a few of you shaking heads. You know, that thing that yells at you when you're driving the wrong direction. I have a wife. Why would I want another one? <laughs> so we turn this thing on and it asks a question it 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 asks a question you you put in your where you know you you put in where you want to go and it says do you want to start from where you're at (laughs) something like that right yeah no, I want to start from somewhere else. Where I'm at is a really good place to start this trip. Now, I know none of you men in this room have ever been lost. Ever. You were, took a shortcut. You wanted to see what was on the other side of the mountain. You've never been lost, I know but maybe you would admit to your bearings were being a little off and you're just trying to get your bearings. (laughs) Just trying to get my bearings, honey. Will you please ask for directions? No, I'm not lost. I named my GPS Lola. (laughs) Lola, where are we? Today... God is asking you, do you want to start from where you're at? I know the way. And I can get you where you need to go from where you're at. You don't have to find your way back to your house. You don't have to find anything. I will help you find your way from right where you're at. Church, this is our message. Because no matter where you're at this morning, God knows And he says, you think you're lost? I know the way. I am so much better than Google Maps. You think street view is good? How about heart view? I can zoom in not just to your house, but I can see your heart, your children's hearts and your husband's hearts. I see it all. And you're not lost beyond where I can get you. We just have to come to him. And say, I've made some wrong turns in my life. I've lost my bearings, God. And He says, "That's enough for me." I'm going to ask the worship team, at least Robert, to come back, and we're going to close with a song today. We're going to have an opportunity for you to come. There's not a lot of room here, but we're going to have an opportunity for you to come. Mm-hmm. to say, I need God's GPS, God's positioning system. It's, it's just really simple. We're going to sing, come, just as you are. We sang it earlier in the service. The reason we want you to be familiar, because the words, and, and we're not going to put the words up. This isn't a song to sing. This is a song... It's your invitation to come to Christ for the first time or to come back to Him just as you are. Can I pray for us? And then we're going to open up the altar for a few minutes to come. Come forward. Heavenly Father, we need you each and every day. I need you each and every day. God, there are days that just in the middle of the day I lose my way and I need to come back to you. Father, this morning as it's Easter Resurrection Sunday, we want to celebrate you. But God, we need to come to you and we thank you that you are inviting us to come just as we are. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would draw us to you now. Help us to respond to the message to come. Let's sing that. Come, just as you. This is your opportunity to make a statement to you and to God. Hear what God is speaking to you this morning. And this might be really foreign to you. But make that step of faith that says, I'm coming back to you, Jesus. I'm coming to you. His forgiveness is enough for you. His grace is enough for you. He wants to give you life. A life abundant, life everlasting. There's some who are feeling just nudged. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, it's not hard, it's not difficult. It's just to pray a prayer something like this Dear God, I've heard the story and I know that you died. And you died for my sin. You died so that I could live in heaven. And I've rejected it in the past. But today I want to respond. And I want to receive your gift. Of eternal life. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creature today. I come to you. In faith. That you can do something with this life. That I've messed up. I come to you because today I might need a a touch in my family or with my kids. I come to you right where I'm at. Help me to find my way. Show me. In Jesus' name. Come and live forever. Life everlasting strength for today, taste the living water, and never thirst again, life. come and receive life, come and get a fresh touch from God. God, I know you've done a work this morning. I pray that all those that you're talking to in their heart will respond to you. God, if it's not here, Lord, I pray that they they won't leave without just doing business with you today. God, that you will show each and every one of us your love in a new way. Show us who you are. God, God, We thank you that you've come to bring us life and life to the full. God, that you've come to give us peace that passes understanding. you've come to walk with us through the difficult times. If we'll come to you and surrender our hearts and our lives, our plans. Touch each and every one of us and let this be a great Easter, a great resurrection day that we remember that we committed our lives afresh to you. God, as we would go and spend the afternoons or evenings with family or friends, help it to be a celebration of life, not of chocolate bunny ears. Help us to remember that you are the reason that this day is special. God, I thank you that you will walk with us and go with us. Lord, that you will bring us back to fellowship with one another through our life groups and through a service like a celebration service like this. Don't let us only come once or twice a year. Bring us back time and again. Father, bless each and every one here today with your peace and your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 He is risen.